Blog Talk Radio. Hello, uh, it is Michael here today doing Drive Through HR with my co-host Robin Schooling, who just fell off the line and is back on. I think Robin, are you there? Robin, maybe not. Well, Robin, can you hear me? Robin, yeah, can you hear me? <laughs> now I can. Interesting. Somebody will huh. be like Robin Bueller. Bueller. So yeah, you, you're back. Sorry, I was afraid okay. that was going to happen. Um, so anyway, do, doing the show today with Robin. Our guest is uh, Carol McDaniel. But before we start talking to Carol, Robin, what's happening in uh, in Louisiana? <sighs> well, you know, um, the weather's lovely. We. Um, aren't really waiting for any election results here locally. Mm -hmm. Well, I take that back. We do have a a mayoral runoff coming up in December because we have, you know, kind of do the runoff thing like how Georgia does, right? In Baton Rouge or New Orleans or both all of them? Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Rouge. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just, you know, I'm just getting through this week. I've um, I've been stress eating and um, just have, like, News channels on nonstop and/or refreshing Twitter for election updates every yeah no, 30 no minutes. kidding I've been like every five minute updates on the count in Nevada and Arizona anyway yeah we'll, we'll we'll table that for another day we did enough politics with Warren on Tuesday so as I said earlier our guest is Carol McDaniel I've known Carol for a long time uh, she when I moved to Florida in 2004 she was the first person that I met in the HR community in Florida. And we became close to professional working partners over the years with a number of uh, experiences in HR Florida and several other things that we've done together. So, Carol, it's really a pleasure to have you on the show. Welcome back to Drive Through HR. How are you today? Oh, thank you so much, Mike and Robin. It's such a pleasure to be here. It's been, I was thinking earlier today how long it's been since I have been on Blog Talk Radio, and it's been a couple years, if not three or four. So, it's it's really a pleasure. Um, I'm glad to hear this is still going on, and um, you guys have been super active um, with different types of guests. So all is well here. Um, I'm in Atlanta. I'm when I'm in the state that's you know too close to call. That's how yep. we're going to call ourselves from now on. So um, it has been election overload, as you can imagine, here in the state of Georgia. Not only um, with counting votes, but prior to the election, the amount of visits we received from both candidates, I think were record-breaking for the state. So it's been interesting. I live close to Warner Robins um, Reserve Base, um, so I can see planes flying in and out from my back deck, and it's been very active. So that's how you knew candidates were coming in and out of the state. So mm-hmm. it's an interesting time to be in Georgia. Yeah, when I when I lived up there, I, I was in Sandy Springs, and they they would always close uh, the the two seventy five as it wrapped around when they were flying in and out of Dobbins because they had to provide yep. corridors or something, I guess. So not that the traffic wasn't bad enough in Atlanta every day to that they have to close down, you know, parts of the freeway, but an interstate. Mm-hmm. So, so Carol, um, 
I, I know you, we, we said we'd talk about this before we get into the more, uh, you know, sort of learning part. Um, I know you went to, you, you left Florida as a lifelong, one of the few people I know that were, you know, kind of lifelong Floridians and you left big adventure, went up to Atlanta, went to work at Delta airlines. And unfortunately you got caught in the COVID squeeze here. So you want to share with us a little yeah. bit about that, maybe what Delta did. I, I, you know, it's, it's impacted a lot of people and I'm, you know, I, I don't want, I don't want it to be a bad for you, but it, it would probably some folks would be good, good to hear kind of where you're at and what you're doing. Yeah, no, absolutely. And so you're right. I, I never thought I would leave the lovely state of Florida, which I still love. And, um, but the opportunity to work for um, one of the major airlines, an industry I had not really ever worked for or really thought of a lot um, in my previous um, opportunities. So this was really a great chance for me to get up here and build a talent acquisition team from the ground up. Delta had outsourced 100% of their TA functions externally. So they were, you know, spending a lot of money. There wasn't a lot of consistencies in what they were doing. And just really they were ready to to bring it all in-house. And as, as you described so eloquently, um, you know, we got, kind of got caught in that COVID squeeze. It happens really quickly. Um, like a lot of other companies, um, Delta, you know, took a first to kind of pass that, okay, how is this going to impact our employees first? And of course our customers. And um, one of the interesting things about Delta being a very legacy company, it's very much about, you know, being in the office, right? You're in the operation and you're, you're supporting the operation and, and everybody went remote with those, except mm-hmm. for those who obviously have to be at the airport so that was a very different feel for the organization as a whole. It's been very successful. People have been far more productive than they have been um, coming into the to the office into the to corporate offices down there near the airport. But I will tell you, like a lot of other companies, you know the the revenue streams, the the uh, customers not traveling, businesses not having their employees go on business travel has had a huge in- impact. On Delta, and so as the organization looked to, um, you know, tighten their, um, you know, uh, purse strings a little bit, really it was about, you know, how do we get people off the payroll, and how do we, what makes sense, and what do we leave intact, what should we, you know, disband for now, and of course, talent acquisition being the majority of our work being external hires, um, myself and our TA team were impacted pretty significantly, so. Um, not just myself, but uh, several people on my team now find ourselves in the job market as of one September. And a lot of that related to the CARES Act, but more importantly, just really needed to bring the headcount down at Delta so that they can continue to support those that are traveling and, and those that are still, you know, um, working in the operation. So so it's been an interesting um, opportunity, you know, and I, I always try to find a silver lining about all of this. And, and I, I will tell you, one of the biggest um, pieces for me that's really been, I shouldn't call it an aha moment, but it's really been a reminder of what it is like to be a candidate. And I think in TA, we, especially the longer you're in TA and you either move up through an organization or, or progress in your career, you kind of sometimes will forget what it's really like. You say you know what it's like to be a candidate and we need to enhance that candidate experience, but an, it's always a good reminder that have that kind of right in your face now and, and remember some of the key things that are, as you do get back into another opportunity, what, what you really need to focus on and what's going to be important and try not to lose that in the busyness of the day-to-day. And so I'm, mm. I'm really kind of capturing that as a, 
I think this is a good reminder for me that, you know, candidate experience and, and the recruiter experience is so important right now because there's just so much happening. TA has been, you know, put up on upside down, turned around and organizations yeah. are trying to figure out what to do with everybody. So it's a good reminder for me. So I'm plugging along, um, you know, and, and interviewing like a lot of other people out there are today and, just been it's been interesting. I have lots of great stories to share for another day about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we probably don't have that. We, we don't. We didn't have that on the agenda already. So we'll have to yeah, have. But it, another time <laughs> today. So so what I wrote in the show blurb, um, and it, it, it actually as I'm rereading it, I'm thinking, dang, that was a pretty good sentence. Anyway, what I said was <laughs> just no one else will pat me on the back, so I'll do it myself. Um, in a year like no other, the entire ecosphere of, of employment turned upside down really in an instant. And that really was true because unlike Delta, for example, where I work at Publix, we hired 50,000 people in two months. Um, you know, so it, I mean, nobody – Planned that on our end either, and we had to you know, change everything. So every company and probably every person has been uh, has been affected by this in some way or another. And you've come up with a, a I guess a, an idea that now's the time for TNA transformation. So you know, let, let's switch over to that. I think Robin, you were going to grab a question. Yeah, yeah, um, and you know, kind of, I, I I love that outlook, Carol, because I think it's so. It, it it will be important when we, you know, collectively come out the other end of this. And that's kind of what, what are we learning um, mm-hmm. as we're going through this type of thing. Um, and thinking about that transformation, you know, it, you already mentioned candidate experience, certainly something to pay attention to. But, um, you know, when you kind of look at the, at the, at the bigger world of TA, um, what are the other things that, that you're finding, um, we should be we should be looking at we should be focusing on now um to get us through through this moment but also for the future right no that's a great question and and there's so there's a big answer to that and i'll I'll try to drill it down to a couple of key things that that have come to top of mind for me and some of the work that's happened already you know um post um the um kind of you know uh let you know letting go of employees in, in terms of delta. You're right, yeah. Mike. You said there's a lot of companies that have been impacted. Almost every company has been impacted um, in one way, form, or fashion by this, um, by COVID. But on top of that, um, we have added in all of these social inequities that we have seen. You know, race has become such a huge um, piece of the planning for talent acquisition. Mm-hmm. Um, it always has been, in, in my opinion. It, you know, D&I has been a, a huge focus for um, a lot of organizations, pretty top-level uh, conversations happening around that. But because of the social injustices we've seen and the, and the, the, um, the killing of, of some of our citizens has really brought to light the fact that as a TA function, you probably should be, as, a, as an executive and as a leader and as a recruiter, should be taking a look at your um, – your strategy around that. Um, maybe it needs to be refreshed. Maybe you need to start a strategy. Maybe um, you need to refocus that strategy and ensure that um, internally as well as externally that your candidates have um, exposure and access to all positions. Um, I think that's something that Delta took on very early 
um, while we were still in the midst of trying to figure out what we were going to do. This all just, you know, kind of compounded the, the complicated issues that were addressing our organization. But other organizations like the Amazons, the Home Depots, the Publix, Target, all those who were just inundated with the need for employees, you know, taking a closer look at where we're recruiting from and really being intentional, um, I think is, is really, really important. Um, one of the other key things I think that um, in a transformational time like this for organizations, talent acquisition can really do a lot to really drive value to their, to their stakeholders and show the value. Even if you're not recruiting externally, if you, your company mm-hmm. put a pause on that, and you're just trying to redeploy your team, um, now's a really good time to, for the TA function to show that value. Not only can you help, you know, with internal movement, but you can really, you know, tie into a lot of um, talent management issues that the organization um, had been facing. And so do we have access to internal talent? Are we able to see our high mm-hmm. performers out there and, and help drive some of that uh, change today while, you know, um, activity might be a little low in terms of the, the hiring because that's a big part of, um, you know, recruiting is your internal folks need to have as yep. much opportunity for not just the next job, but for promotional opportunities. And I think TA can really do a lot to do, you know, to address that. And along with, you know, addressing, I, I love when, when organizations say we're revamping our, our, you know, our company values and our, our stance on social issues. Well, you know, you should be, and you should always be looking at that. But another time in a transformational period, we can really sit down and say, does our company value mission mission statement and, and our community engagement meet the needs of today and what will be the future of our mm-hmm. outreach efforts? And so mm-hmm. I think for a lot of those reasons, it's a good time to kind of reevaluate your TA uh, operation and, and make sure that all levers are accessible and, and that we're, we're operating um, as we should be um, as an organization. Yeah, you know, I, I find that so interesting because I, uh, for the longest time that, that sort of internal mobility piece has been um, just sort of, you know, broken, not connected within within the HR yeah. silo because, you know, it depends upon the individual organization, of course, where they kind of house that, but it's, you know, it, it's so often kind of siloed. You know, you've got this group kind of dealing with performance management and, and mm-hmm. you know, then you've got the L&D folks over here and they're kind of, oh, how are we, you know, going to upskill people and this sort of thing. And then you've got TA sitting over here separated from those two functions and and the three of them aren't talking to each other of how do we if we're if we're growing our own talent how do we connect them to our our recruiters who are going outside for talent when we might have this talent sitting right right here under our roof and and I think out of necessity this year sadly mm-hmm. out of necessity but it it kind of accelerated that um you know, kind of cleaning that up a little bit. Um, 100%. And we found that, you know, you described it perfectly that there are three separate silos out there that don't speak to each other. So how can we look at technology to help us with that in an organization like a Delta airlines, where you're looking at, you know, 92,000 employees across a global enterprise Mm. and talent acquisition can't see, you know, the person sitting down the hall, that they yep. just got their MBA 
and they'd be the next best candidate for this finance role. Yep. It's very, yep. very challenging. So, you know, I think from, you know, a, a transformational, you know, perspective, let's, in, let's either utilize the technology that we have or maybe this time to invest a little bit of, of dollars and making that work together and, and integrating those systems because it's, it's really, it's a bad experience internally for candidates and it's, it's, it's frustrating for recruiters and it's really frustrating for hiring managers who want to hire this person, but we don't know anything about that, their background from a recruiting perspective. Did, they, did Delta have systems where people could indicate, I mean, beyond the job posting, um, like at Publix, we, hire, we ask people, would you be interested in moving up into management? And there's a, a specific system that we call ROI, registration of interest, where hourly people, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, some might be, uh, some might, I, I, well, let me, let me rephrase that, mostly retail people, but in some cases, other departments as well, can register their interest. Did Delta have that, that kind of thing, or was that not really in existence? No, absolutely. They, they have that in place um, where you can update your profile and, you know, there you can, every time you receive a new certification or a degree mm-hmm. or experience, you can add those in. Um, the problem is I think the organization just, you know, we didn't do a good job of, of promoting that um, as something you need to be doing as an employee and, gotcha. and that not being part of your overall, you know, kind of performance conversation to say, Hey, um, you've got another, you know, another year here at Delta, another this, another that, let's add that in. And, you know, just with the volume of people that come through the system, the external Great. employees um, mixed with the internals, it's, it's just, uh, you, you know, that has to be a priority. But, but no, they, employees just aren't good at that. And, and we, as an HR function, have to push them because that's really mm-hmm. the only way to see them, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and, and just like any other sort of task, <laughs> I guess, um, you know, we with that sort of update your skill inventory, update your new degree, update this, update that, we, we put it off on the employees to do it, and it's just yet another thing they have to do. And, and so I think that they, they just don't, you know, so kind of keeping up to date mm-hmm. on people's skills becomes an issue, which gets us back full circle to the, the comments you made about, you know, where's the, where's the interplay with technology um, mm-hmm. that can sort of automatically do that in, in some cases. Some of the a couple of products I saw the other week, last week, I guess it was last week at the HR Tech Conference that kind of, you know, they are building out that ability to kind of <clears throat> make it make it seamless that it's not, you know, I as Robin have to go in and key stuff in. It's going to extrapolate that from other other things that I'm doing directly from my performance appraisal perhaps directly from things I've updated out on my LinkedIn profile or, or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I love it. That's great. That, yeah. that used to be, you know, part of our mainstream world because it's clearly, you know, the systems that the legacy systems that organizations have in, in place today, it's, it's far more expensive and, and arduous to try to get those to speak mm-hmm. than maybe just bringing something else in to help um, yeah. bring all that together. <laughs> yeah, it, so it, so it's and it's like any other system inside a business. It's it's so the tools might be there, but it's how effectively you use them and how your culture drives it and time. Yeah, yeah there's a lot. And Carol, in your uh, in in uh, 
in discussion with you earlier, you, you, I think you mentioned there are three key stakeholders, uh, which is basically the manager, the candidate, which you've already referenced the candidate experience a little bit from your own perspective, the hiring manager and the recruiter. You want to kind of talk to us about those three key participants in your P&A strategy and what, how those each work and what, maybe what they need these days? Absolutely. And, and, you know, again, you know, giving this is to me as a, as a leader in TA, you know, these are kind of always been my three main kind of stakeholders in, in, a, in, a, in this process, not to say that the HR business partner or compensation or anybody else is not part of the overall, you know, strategy and, and used as kind of a guiding, you know, principle, if you will, but these are the three that always kind of impact everything else that's happening. And, and you mentioned, you know, the candidate experience and, and even more so today um, being very intentional about how we attract and, and how the engagement um, is for the candidate. Once they, you know, enter your ATS is, is something that we all need to be looking at, but I always like to, I mean, I'm a recruiter at heart. So I always take, you know, on a recruiter persona. And I, I just think that uh, now more than ever, you know, and we just talked about it, the recruiter needs to have resources. Um, they need to have the resources to look internally at talent. They need to have the resources, and that doesn't necessarily mean budget. It means resources and the ability um, to get out there and look at maybe talent differently and, and build partnerships and, and uh, be able to you know, be in the work that they do. And like I said earlier, you know, Delta was new to them to work remotely and, and so recruiters coming into the office every day, you know, that's a lot of um, structure that sometimes you can open that up a little bit, give them some autonomy. Having people work remote has proven now that there are all sorts of um, flexible ways in which to get the work done, whether you're recruiting globally, you're, you know, just doing this nationally, West Coast to East Coast. I mean, there needs to be some, you know, some real thought about that going forward post-COVID. Um, and I love the, the thought of reporting and reporting has been a long time, you know, uh, kind of thorn in, in everyone's side and how do, how do we report out activity. But now more than ever, as we think about, you know, our D&I strategies, how do we best provide um, tools for our recruitment teams to, you know, report in activity and, and share that um, with our hiring managers, because that's really what they need to see today. You know, they need a partner. In, in talent acquisition, they need to be able to rely on this this team to say, I, you know, you you've got some gaps here in our in our diversity um, um, outreach, and so you know that that hiring manager really needs to be, you know, they need to see good data, real time data. They need to have an ease of use of it, the technology if they're when they're going and pulling their reports. Um, and and I said earlier, you know, as a stakeholder. Um, Talent acquisition really needs to be partnering stronger than ever with our hiring managers. If you're on the high volume side, like a like you you know Publix, for example, Michael, or if you're on the the, the inactive side where things aren't, aren't really moving very quickly, now is the time to really partner and be be a value asset to that team, and and so that enhances that hiring manager experience. And so, how do we think about those three? kind of stakeholders going forward, you know, given what we know today and given our certain circumstances, you know, these are kind of, in, in my opinion, not new. This isn't a, a, a revelation or anything, but really thinking differently about those three stakeholders and how we can best um, work together to accomplish what we need to do today and set the stage 
for turning the corner. I don't like to use that term necessarily, but when this comes and we come out of this, um, we'll be set up because um, you don't get opportunities like this too often where you either get a pause or you really get to peel back, you know, the, the, the layer here and see where all the inefficiencies and gaps are and, and you can really make some, there's a, there's an appetite in the season for change right now. So, you know, let's, let's go after it. Yeah. Um, there's a quote I saw, sorry, I'm trying to find it, but I can't find it. You had, um, you had in the, in some information you shared with me, something called the talent card by Andy is it Solomon Solomon? Yeah. Um, you want to talk yeah, about that? I, I do. So one of the one of the um, as you think about, well, as organizations think about the candidate experience, I'll go back to you know beginning at Delta. One of the areas we wanted to address as we were building the new TA function was really to look at, you know, how do we provide feedback? That's been a huge, and, and it's not just Delta; it's every organization. You know, we try to do a good job in providing feedback to the candidates as they're going through the process, but um, it's difficult. It's challenging. Volume certainly doesn't always allow for personal contact and outreach and phone calls, and we get it. I mean, I get it. It's difficult. But one of the areas that was a huge, you know, kind of hit to the brand was that, you know, it, again, we were getting, you know, it's a black hole. No one ever responds. We don't get any feedback. How can we do better next time when we apply for this similar position? So one of the things that Delta implemented was during the process of, it really started with the flight attendant hiring, during the process of applying, once you met the, the basic qualifications and got through the application process, you were given an assessment. Um, and that assessment, you know, captured a lot of different um, things that we knew we'd want to see in, a, in an excellent flight attendant that would represent the brand well and, 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 and interact with our customers, you know, in the air very well. Um, so we, we partnered with a third party uh, for this assessment. And one of the great things that came out of that is as the person going through the assessment and through the process, if they were successful and went on to the next step and ultimately were hired, this talent card, which was the product of, of the assessment that would come out of this assessment, would, would be part of their performance management um, conversation going forward. So it would highlight some of the key things that um, maybe were gaps that, um, that were easy to work on, but that the hiring manager and ultimately the manager or supervisor could focus on from a performance perspective. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that, if you weren't successful going through the process and you were eliminated at some point along the way, you received actually as a, we called it the gift of reciprocity, where you would get something back and say, and it would say, while you weren't successful, we wanted you to know these are some of the things that we thought were really great about you. And it could be things like, you know, a high level of uh, loyalty, honesty, and dependability that showed up, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, a creative energy and a willingness to adapt, or you were a super high achiever. Um, these are, are key things that you can take with you, whether you apply again um, during the next hiring cycle, or you might want to take some of this language and add it into your resume that might help you, you know, land that successful position um, when you apply to another company. So it was our way of giving back. And it, it just, 
it's a, it was a small piece. It wasn't difficult to do. And the, the feedback has been amazing. And again, you know, as I'm sitting here on the other side now, I think about that and I think, um, wow, I would really like to know how I measured up um, maybe against other candidates or just, you know, what did you lo- really like about me? Um, mm-hmm. Obviously we're not sharing what we, what we didn't um, necessarily right. um, see as, as something, but again, it's a positive um, interaction with a candidate who might never hear from this company again. So I think that's just another way of, of you know, enhancing that candidate experience. Mm-hmm. And it requires, it requires a little bit of formality, right? You can't just shoot an email off or give an autoresponder from your ATS or whatever. I assume you, you right. had a conversation with these folks? Say that again. I, you dropped off at the end there. I'm sorry. I, I assumed that rather than doing this like through email, you guys were having conversations with these folks, or was it sent to them in some other format? It was sent to them in another format. So it would be part of their, you know, auto response they would receive from the ATS system, and there would be a link to their to their talent card. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say that doing a, doing a live would be great, but it would require a lot of resource. I wondered how that would uh, yeah. work. Absolutely. Yeah. I, Robin, I thought you were going to start to say something. No. Nope. Nope. I'm just. I was just. Uh, I was just thinking and agreeing and loving yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, it's I great. Really you know. We had, yeah. We're having a yep. week. We're having a week of deep pauses while we think about this. We things. are. <laughs> so this so has been actually, a very interesting um, week, to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it's just like what what else can I fit into my skull this moment? And you know, that's good as that. So we've hit the, uh, actually, we're going to run over a little bit. We've hit the 29th minute of our 30-minute show, and this uh, this this will finish up with, with the recording. But, but, Carol, thanks a lot for being here. And, um, you know, share with folks what the best ways to find you might be, either through email or online, uh, kind of just so folks might reach out if, if they have an opportunity or want to learn something from you. Yeah, I would love that. Um, obviously, LinkedIn is the best way to reach me. Um, I'm out there pretty much every day. I, I have to give a shout out to LinkedIn. I think they've been doing a fantastic job of, of connecting people and, and providing uh, really some great content for um, people who are in the job market or who might be thinking about um, some things they might need to do differently in their organization. So LinkedIn is probably the best way. Uh, my mm-hmm. email address is Carol McDaniel, all one word, the number 10, and I'm at Gmail. So feel free to reach out and um, give me your thoughts or give me some advice. That would be awesome. I would love it. Carol's a, love Carol's it. a stupendous networker and, and a good person <laughs> to know just on a personal basis. So she has my full and complete endorsement as our president says about his, uh, his candidate. On a political note, Robin. Uh, all right. Well, we're, we're done for this week, I think. Carol, again, thanks for being on. Mm-hmm. Uh, the link will go up. I'll send it your way in a minute, and uh, hopefully we'll see each other in, in real time, real life, one of these days again soon. I hope so. Amen. Like all of y'all. I all right. Everyone. I'm going to try to play some exit music, and we're going to get out of here. Thanks. Bye. <laughs>